from that time and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings to you, greetings you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. (laughs) 
This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Thanks be to God. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem, 
and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw the star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he called together all of his people, chief priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you in Bethlehem, the land of Judea, are not means least among the rulers of Judea. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After he had the king, they went on their way, and the star they seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, Star, they were overjoyed on the oncoming to the house. They saw the child with the mother Mary and bowed down to, and worshipped him. They and they opened their treasures and presents and presented that him with gifts of gold and incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country another route. It's marvellous. I hear you're not bad at taking tonsils out either. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, John. Thank you for sorting the choir out so wonderfully too. It's a great job. Well... The weather outside is frightful. <laughs> Come on then. Oh, it's all right for me to stand up here and look like a twit. Right. <laughs> You've got to do your part. It is, isn't it though? Terrible weather. Absolutely awful. I'm sure some of you can remember winters like this. I thought when I was growing up, winters like this were a, a normal part of each year, weren't they? Drifts coming up to the door, you know, about five feet high or whatever. And then it tailed off and we got used to life without them, didn't we? And now they're back. But the children love it because they can go sledging, can't they? And have great fun in it. Incidentally, I heard this morning of um, 
couple of friends from church and they had a sledge. And in the 80s, when they used to go sledging, it used to veer off to the right. And so they called it Thatcher. (laughs) Which I I thought was absolutely a marvellous name. Well, we had a sledge when we were growing up. And bit by bit, it disintegrated. So I think that would be quite suited to today's government. (laughs) With all the cutbacks. (laughs) But of course, any journey in this sort of weather is eventful, isn't it? Just getting from A to B is an achievement. And that's our theme this evening. All the way through, you'll have noticed, we've tried to highlight all the journeys of the Christmas story. Journeys. Life is full of them. Without them, we'd never go on holiday. We'd never go on trips to Alton Towers or the cinema or to restaurants or to the shops Or the in-laws at Christmas. Maybe that would be a good thing for you. Journeys are essential. But journeys can be memorable too. For good reasons and for bad. Let me tell you about a journey that is forever imprinted on my mind. About four years ago, Kate, myself and the children, we went to a place called Lee Abbey in rural North Devon. Now if you've ever been there, you'll know what the road is like for the last two hours of of the journey. It's something like a roller coaster. You imagine that, but not quite so fast. So it's all hills and bends, and and it's, it's basically the cliff road. And it's horrific. And so we've been traveling in torrential rain, and we've been on the road about six hours. And for the last two hours of the journey, the children who were quite young then had been complaining that they felt sick. Now, it sort of puts you on edge, doesn't it? (laughs) All you parents out there will relate to it. You know what it's like. Um, But we got there. But no sooner had we arrived, we'd stopped the car, when our son, excuse me, Ryan, for don't mention, said those oh-so-familiar words. I'm going to be... And that was it. (laughs) He was. And I got out of the car as quick as I could, to discover that there was a flood in the car park. And so I then spent the best part of an hour standing in six inches of water (laughs) cleaning the car, which is a wonderful start to a holiday. But I've got to say, the whiskey soon warmed me up that evening. It was well worth the wait. Or how about the journey that the primary school teacher, Paul Maddens, makes in the 2009 film Nativity? Mr. Maddens idly boasts that his ex-girlfriend, who is a Hollywood producer, is coming to see his school nativity show with a view to making a film out of it. Oh, and a book as well. The only trouble is, they haven't spoken for years. It's a lie. And now Mr. Madden's only hope is to get back in touch and to lure Hollywood to town. And so he makes the journey over to Hollywood to see if he can make everyone's wishes come true. He's got himself into a hole and he's desperate to get himself out of it. And so he goes over to Hollywood. And we're going to watch a clip from the film from the point where he's decided that the only way to sort this problem out is to get over to Hollywood and see if he can find his ex-girlfriend and bring her back and to make happen what he's promised to everybody is going to happen. So let's watch that clip now. 
Two little ones. Sorry? William and Saffron are coming with you. They can't come on the plane with me. I've got the consent right. forms from the parents. I've got the passports. I've got their passports. I've got the tickets. Oh my well, Miss Ryan and I just yeah. thought it'd be a good idea if they come with you because they can do the singing, they can dance, they can do the opening numbers, they can do Nazareth. The gate's closing. She's got allergies. What are your allergies? Pony, horses, donkeys, and cats. I don't have time for this. I'm really, you better take these it's back because I'm not idea. taking them. It's a good idea. Desmond, Desmond, this is all very sweet. I'm not taking two children on an 11 hour flight. to her than we were at the beach. We should be getting very near Beverly Hills now. Saffron! If we come across anyone, just let me do the talking. You keep your tongue, okay? It's a great film, that. I encourage you to watch it. Journeys are memorable. There is no journey more memorable than our journey through life. The adventure through good times and, of course, some not-so-good times. Times when we feel like we're skipping through life, and other times when we feel like we're limping through it. And isolated or individual journeys can certainly make a difference to our journey through life. Mr. Madden's trip to the US, to Hollywood, certainly changed his life. Kate and I wouldn't be married if we hadn't made a certain trip to a particular place together in 1996 and I'm sure you can recall certain journeys you've made that have had a huge difference on your life and we've heard tonight how the Christmas story is simply brimming over with journeys about life and most importantly a life Jesus born into humanity in order to save humanity God decided to save humanity not from the outside, but from, one, from within. And the Christian Christmas story contains lots and lots of journeys. Shepherds from the fields to the stable and the three wise men following a star, just to name two. Incidentally, imagine if the wise men had actually been wise women. They would definitely have asked for directions, wouldn't they? unlike us blokes. They'd have arrived on time, helped deliver the baby, cleaned the stable, made a casserole, and brought nappies, cleaning equipment for the stable, and a magazine for Mary as gifts. But more seriously, the journeys of the Christmas story matter 
because they reveal the journey and the effort that God made in order to show the world he created just how much he loves us because he travelled from heaven to earth. And for this very reason, the Christmas journeys make a difference to our own journey through life because through the birth of Jesus, God became personally involved in life, in the good, in the bad, and the downright ugly. He made the journey to earth to impact the life journeys of every single one of us. And it's the journeys of those people that we've heard about tonight, those involved in the events of Jesus' birth, that reveal how. So where are you on your life journey? Are you plodding along quite nicely? Comfortably? Doing okay? Maybe you're in a really good place and you feel like all is good with the world. Or could things be better? Certain stresses and strains like work or some family stuff are holding you back. They're being a bit of a distraction. Or perhaps you're weighed down with troubles, drained emotionally, because a difficult situation, understandably, is sapping your energy. This Christmas, I invite every one of us to be open enough to allow the journeys surrounding the birth of Jesus to make a life-changing difference to our own journey through life, wherever we are along the way. I invite you to explore beyond the superficial and the romantic haze that surrounds Christmas, the events and the details so familiar to us, to find the heart and the guts and the meaning of it all. I promise it's a a journey well worth making. And to help us to do this, let's pick out just three journeys from the Christmas story and briefly see how they impact our own journey in life. Firstly then, let's look at the journey of the words of the prophets carried through the ages. The prophets were people who faithfully spoke God's message to his people over hundreds of years. What prophecy would you like to see fulfilled today? What is it that you hope for? I mean really, really hope for. I don't mean a win on the lottery or a personalised iPod, an Audi or a top-of-the-range kitchen. I mean the things that money can't buy. A happier family life a more fulfilling marriage, a better relationship with your parents or your children, less stress at work, better job satisfaction, more time to relax. Or what about more global hopes? Peace in Afghanistan, a withdrawal of troops from Iraq, an end to terrorism. The prophets had a hope, and it was a hope to fulfil all hopes. Their message of the coming Saviour made an amazing journey through the ages, over the years, and carried with it the hopes of all the people. So this Christmas, why not stop? Take a moment to tell the one who cares so much for us that he came to share our life with us, what it is 
that you hope for. And then just as God in Jesus came to change things from within humanity, ask him to be at work for good within the things that you would really like to see changed. Secondly then, the Christmas story also includes the journey of the angels to Mary and to Joseph. The role of the angels was to hand-deliver a life-changing message. What angels have visited you today? What messages are you listening to? Maybe it's the Christmas adverts or the appeals of your children pleading for the latest game or gadget. Or perhaps it's the voice of your friends pulling you in a million directions. And what alluring and incredibly negative voices are trying to convince you that you aren't good enough, clever enough, rich enough or attractive enough. At every turn, our society bombards us with messages just like this. The journey of the angels, though, to Mary and to Joseph, delivers a very different kind of message. God thinks we're okay. He can use us just as we are. We don't need to change in order to receive the good things he's got in store for us. Change happens along the way. But more than this, the journey of the angels tells us that just as with Mary and Joseph, God has a purpose for our lives. God chose Mary and Joseph, two ordinary people, to do his extraordinary work. And he chooses us too, probably because his extraordinary love shows up so much better in our ordinariness. We find a new God-given purpose in life when Jesus is born into our lives, when he comes alive in us. And just as Mary and Joseph travelled to Bethlehem carrying Jesus with them, Mary in her womb and Joseph in his heart, we too can have Jesus with us as we journey through life, giving us meaning, giving us purpose, giving us direction in whatever we face, the good, the bad, and the downright ugly. This Christmas, why not stop and take in this particular view of Christmas? Ask Jesus to be born in your life so that he can journey with you through whatever you face, giving you purpose like never before. And finally then, thirdly, the Christmas story includes the journey Mary and Joseph took from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Chosen to travel together, they were, weren't they, the the pair of them. Chosen to keep each other company. What company are you keeping? Who are you sharing your journey with, with through life? Mary and Joseph made the journey together. And they faced difficult issues right from the outset, right from the beginning of their relationship. The journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem was hardly easy. It was long, it was arduous, it was perilous. There must have been times when they became impatient with one another. It's a natural thing. Imagine them, if they're anything like us. Did you lock the door? 
you wait until we've walked eight hours to ask me that? I knew it was a bad idea. We must be mad. You've heard it before. If you're anything like Kate and myself, every time we go out together somewhere, once we've set off, Kate always asks if I lock the door. But you can relate to it, can't you? We all do it to each other. That's the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Relationships are tricky things. How are your relationships at the moment? Honestly, truthfully, with your parents, with your children, with your colleagues, with your boyfriend or girlfriend, in your marriage. No relationship is perfect. Just look at Mary and Joseph. So this Christmas, why not stop and take a moment to think and talk about your relationships with the people you share your life with. And then talk to the one who was born into a relationship which knew difficulty in order that he could transform our relationship between ourselves and other people and ourselves and God. Ask Jesus to do that same transforming work in your relationships too. And so as I draw to a close, I want us to have the opportunity to pause and think for a moment about where we are on our journey through life and to ask God to come and meet us there, to be honest about where we are on our journey, what state we're in, and to ask God to come to us right there in that place, bringing a message of hope through the prophets, delivering a message of acceptance and love through the angels, and transforming our relationships from within. And as you do so, I'm going to sing a song, and it's called Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's my prayer that he'll be with us all this Christmas. And if God is 
was with us who could stand against us our God is with us Emmanuel for all those who live in the shadow of death before he has light has dawned for all those who stumble in the darkness behold your light has come Emmanuel our God is with us and if God is with us who could stand against us? God is with us, Emmanuel. So what shall be your answer? Or will you hear the call of him who did not spare his son? but gave him for us all. On earth there is no power, there is no depth or height that could ever separate us from the love of God in Christ. God is with us, and if God is with us, who could stand against us? A God is with us, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, our God is with And if God is with us, who could stand against us? Our God is with us, Let us pray. Feel free to look at the pictures on the screen or to close your eyes for our prayers this evening. Lord Jesus, we remember your first home here on earth, a stable. We think of other homes this Christmas and we pray for those who are ill. 
those who haven't got anywhere to live, those who haven't got a job and who, who find it hard to pay the bills. For those whom family life is difficult and those who are lonely. Lord Jesus, you began life with very little and we think of all the celebrations surrounding your birth and we pray for those who feel sad and don't want to celebrate. Those who don't have any food to enjoy. Those who are ill. Those who can't be with family and friends. Lord Jesus, you were sent from heaven as a gift to us. And we think of the many gifts given and received this Christmas. And we pray for those who haven't those who are spending money they haven't got. Those who haven't had any presents. Those who feel that they haven't got what they need in life. Those who can't see the good things that they already have. And Lord Jesus, we ask that this Christmas we would welcome you into our homes, at our tables and into our lives. Amen. And we conclude our prayers this evening by praying the prayer Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.